Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of The Buzz with Ben. In today's episode, we will cover some of the week one NFL games. We will have my mom come on the podcast to talk about Tom Brady. And we will have our first ever big world event segment with the Queen passing away. Now without any further ado, let's get into this episode of The Buzz with Ben. Now, everybody, we have our second ever guest on the podcast, Ben Klistik. Tell us a little about yourself, Ben. Hello, everybody. My name is Ben Klistik. Uh, I play a couple sports. I play hockey, baseball, football. Uh, yeah. Any Anything else? You are a Steelers oh, and Pirates fan, yeah. big Penguins fan as well yeah. for uh, hockey listeners out there. So what made you love those teams? Uh, my dad. My dad's from Pittsburgh, so... I really love Pittsburgh, everything Pittsburgh. Have you gone to Pittsburgh, gone to any games there, like the environment, like that type of stuff? Yeah, I've been to multiple, very many games of uh, Penguins, Steelers, Pirates, everything. Something that I've tried to get you to do is I've tried to kind of convert you, you know, over to the good side of the Dodger fans. Yeah. You know, because the whole L.A. thing and the Pirates are kind of bad. Yeah. So, you know, trying to give you a good team to root for and everything. Um, I've also, I think I will take personal credit for this. I've gotten you into some fantasy football, fantasy baseball stuff. So we are in a current fantasy football league. And for anyone who cares about that stuff, we just made a trade. I traded him Trey Lance for Cam Akers and Christian Kirk. And that hurts me inside because Cam Akers did not have a good game. It also hurts me as well because Trey Lance did not have a good game as well. Yeah, you will find out about Trey Lance later in this podcast. So let's get into it. Now, for our first game of the day, the Saints and the Falcons. The Saints won this game 27-26 to after making a big comeback. Ben, what were your thoughts on this? Honestly, the Falcons always choke last second. But true, true. Taysom Hill went off pretty well. He went off. He had uh, four carries, 81 yards, an average of 20.3 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, he... He had like a 50, 60 yard run at some point yeah. where he just went downfield and they let him finish the drive with the touchdown. He's he's a weapon to have there just as a backup quarterback. Yeah. Jameis also connected with Michael Thomas, kind of. They brought that back. Michael Thomas, there was a lot of questions, injury stuff, you know, Jameis, same thing. Yep. So they definitely pro- proved themselves yeah. today. And on to our next game. The Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Washington Commanders. This is the Washington Commanders' first game being the Washington Commanders. Some of their fans at the game had the take command signs, which is an interesting play on words. Carson Wentz, as his first game for Washington, actually didn't play that bad, throwing four touchdowns and two picks. Antonio Gibson having a good day. Ben, what are your thoughts? Washington, Carson Wentz honestly played very good for him, for Carson Wentz. (laughs) <laughs> Antonio Gibson rushed pretty well, but his receiving is better, obviously. Uh, true, true. Seven, rece- seven receptions, 72 yards, 10 average. Pretty good. Yep, for da- Jacksonville side, Trevor Lawrence, not his best day, not his worst day, with 275 yards, a touchdown, a pick. Um, what about their rushing attack, Ben? What, what were your thoughts on the James Robinson, Travis Etienne usage? Um, I think it worked for them. They got a touchdown out of it, but they need to use them probably a little bit more. Uh, as of receiving, I thought it was pretty well. Christian Kirk went off pretty well. His average was 19 for six receptions or 117 yards, his longest 49. Pretty well for the Jags. Yeah, I agree with you. Christian Kirk, they just paid him a lot of money, so I guess yeah. he's got to go yeah, off. he's got to get you know, big so. bucks, so he's got to go off. Yes, he does. 
For our next game, the New York Giants and the Tennessee Titans. The Giants, surprising the world, shocking the world, pulling away with a 21-20 victory. Saquon Barkley, the main reason that that happened, he had 18 carries for 164 yards and a touchdown while adding on 30 receiving yards to today's game. He's the reason the Giants won. He had a key two-point conversion at the end of the game. He was clutch. Now, for some of my UCLA fan listeners out there, fifth-round rookie, Kyle Phillips led the Tennessee Titans in receiving with six receptions for 66 yards. He did have a muffed punt, but his receiving yards were very good. So you can look for the UCLA rookie to potentially be getting a higher workload as it keeps going. Ben, what are your thoughts on maybe Derrick Henry, the Giants receiving, and other things? Um, Ryan Tannehill, another average game. Derrick Henry, though, very disappointing. Only 21 21 carries, but only 82 yards, an average of 3.9 yards. Very disappointing from Derrick Henry, the beast. Yep, yep. Um, Sterling Shepard, he was pretty good for the Giants. He had two receptions for 71 yards and touchdown. Now, you're going to see a common theme this week. This game ended on a Randy Bullock missed 47-yard field goal for the Titans that would have given them the win, but he missed it. Now, kickers this week, I have no idea what's going on with them. Maybe it's the first week of the season, but they got to shape up. Those have got to be gimmies, those 47-yarders, don't you agree? Yep, they're a little rattled from, uh, I don't know what, but they need to step it up. Yes, they do, because the Titans can't afford losing to the Giants if they want to make the playoffs this year. And now for the Las Vegas Raiders and Los Angeles Chargers. This game was in LA, but there were more Raiders fans at this game because the Chargers have no fan base. Anyway... Derek Carr, he did not have his best game for the Raiders. They just signed him to a big extension, but he threw three picks, which is a career high for him. What else was going on today? Devontae Adams being himself as always, 141 yards, 10 receptions, a touchdown, played pretty well. Justin Herbert on the other side, played awesome, three touchdowns, 279 yards. Uh, Keenan Allen, though, he got injured. Oh, that's not good. Mike Williams did not seem to step up. He only had one or two receptions. You're, we're going to have to figure out who's going to step up for this Chargers t- team if Keenan Allen's going to be out, because it certainly was not Austin Eckler. Going into the season, if you're a fantasy fan, he was a top-five pick in your draft. But he only had 14 carries for 36 yards. you got to question, what's going on there? But we'll see as the season goes on, I guess. And last, but certainly not least, the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Pittsburgh. Pulling this one out 23-20 to in overtime. There was some good plays. There was some bad plays from both sides. Ben, break it down for us. Basically, Joe Burrow, oh my goodness. Four interceptions, two TDs though. Not pretty bad game for him. Jamar Chase went off as usual. But on the other side, Steelers defense, I mean, they went off. Four picks, couple, uh, couple sacks. Uh, Mitch Trubisky though, mm, average game. Uh, Najee Harris and TJ Watt did get injured, though. That's a big sign for the Steelers. Could be bad. Yeah, TJ Watt has a torn pack. Oh, do you think the Steelers geez. defense to, or they? I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. They fear he has a torn pack. Do you think if he does, the Steelers will be able to maintain the constant pressure they have without him? Uh, I think they can, but it would be a pretty hard like thing to do. Yeah, and as I've mentioned throughout this episode, there have been some kicking issues. Do you want to go through your range of emotions through the fourth quarter and overtime of this game with all the kick miss kicks, Jamar Chase's clutch touchdown, everything else? Yeah, I was kind of shaking in my boots a little bit, uh, seeing that block uh, kick after uh, the PAT after the 
uh, Jamar Chase uh, touchdown. In OT, Evan McPherson missed about what he missed two two uh, field goals. Two, yeah. And uh, Chris Boswell hit the upright off of one, which well, made me really mad. Uh, but with five seconds left, we ended up coming over with a dub. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, the the kicking. Evan McPherson was one of the most clutch kickers last season in the playoffs for the Bengals. He is one of the reasons they made it all the way to the Super Bowl. He's a little rusty coming off that. He was knocked down. He got blocked an extra point, which that's that's forgivable. Yeah. That happens. That's not on him. But a missed field goal from 23 yards, that's not forgivable. It was a bad snap, but you got to make that. Come yeah, on now. He, he, Bo- did say, he did say on uh, on social media that he was a ba- he was bad under pressure, so... That's that's fair, but if you're an NFL kicker, you can't be doing that. Got it. Got to be better than that. The Bengals made a tweet before the game. It, they made their bio on Twitter. What did they even steal for the Steelers? The Steelers responded, "The football," because Joe Burrow yep. could not keep it. Yep. So four picks after a wide range of emotions, people thinking maybe it's a tie. Boswell ended up clutching it up. That's a Steelers win. That's a Bengals loss. Both Super Bowl teams from last year ended up taking a loss this week. You got a question. What's going on there? Now on to some baseball. Ben, the Mets and the Braves, they're locked in for the NL East. Both of them, they both won it. Earlier this week, the Braves were up by half a game. But now, as we're recording this, the Mets are up on the Braves by one and a half games. Who do you think ends up coming out on top in that division? I honestly think the New York Mets come out on top. I think they have a great team. Braves are still pretty good, but I think the Mets go on top. Does it matter to you that Scherz is on the IL and we don't know his return date? Uh, that sharks me a little bit. That nerves me a little bit for the Mets. Uh, but I think they can pr- pr- push through that. Uh, I think they have a really good bullpen. So. I agree with you. Edwin Diaz is shut down DeGrom. It's like almost a win, guaranteed win every time you see him on the field pitching. The Mets are very good. The Braves may have a better offense, but the Mets definitely have the better rotation. We'll we'll have to figure it out as it comes down to the wire because whoever wins that division gets the two seed and the loser gets the four seed. So that's a first round bye versus a wild card. Ooh. So that's a big division. Yep, it's really that that's a big thing that will end up coming down to the wire. So we will see. The NL wild card right now: the Mets or the Braves. Whoever ends up losing that division will be the number one seed in the wild card. But the other two seeds are up for grabs. As of now, the Phillies are one and a half games above San Diego for second place, and San Diego is two games ahead of Milwaukee for third. Now, as a Dodger fan, I do not want to see San Diego in the playoffs. I want to see Milwaukee overtake them. But what would your predictions be for the top two spots of those three teams going down to the wire? I think Milwaukee and Philadelphia go up on top against the Padres. Really? You think even though they have Soto, Clevenger, Darvish, you think the Padres want to fall out? Yeah, I don't think they're... They're winning a lot right now. I don't think they're very good right now. They are really good, but I don't think they're like playing very well right now. Yeah, they have a very tough schedule, arguably the hardest the rest of the way. They still have to play some games against the Dodgers, which are not easy for them. Um, hopefully Milwaukee can end up do- winning, or at least I hope Milwaukee can keep winning. Philly, they have Schwarber, they have Harper back finally, so they have a good shot there. That would be three NL East teams coming out there if – the Phillies can end up coming out of that division. So we'll see. Milwaukee's made some questionable moves at the trade deadline, but they're still in it somehow. So it'll end up coming down to the wire. Now, this is a big topic, and this is very important for MLB history. Albert 
Pujols. Can he get to 700? He said he's retiring either way after this year. He is at 697 after hitting two in the last two days. So you have to question, can he end up doing it? Can he get to the 700? He has 18 games to hit three more. You think he'll get there? I think he will. There's 18 games left. He's on pace. I think he will. Does it bother you? Does it make you worry at all that he's hit two in his last two games? But before that, he had gone on like a six-game streak at least where he hadn't hit any home runs. No, that doesn't, honestly. He only has a three, so that's pretty easy for an MLB player. So I think it. I think he can get there. Yeah, he is 18 on the season, though the only other thing that could be an issue for him is he doesn't play every day. With his old age, they do bench him at times. Does that concern you? Yeah, that does. Like, he'll probably, if if the stats show right, he'll probably play 14 of those games. Maybe he'll get a pinch hit in some of the others. But that makes it so he has to hit, like, 3 in 14 or 15 games. So that definitely makes things a lot harder. And now my mom is coming on the podcast. Mom, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Ben. Now, we are going to be talking about some Tom Brady. Now, let me give you guys a little background. My mom hates Tom Brady because he was not able to stay faithful to his girlfriend who was carrying his child at the time, and he was not able to stay faithful to the rules of football. Mom, Tom Brady has announced this will be his final season, though who really knows at this point. And then he just won his first game 19-3 to against the Cowboys. What are your thoughts on this? Tom Brady is a... And he is a... Well, Mom, thank you very much for those um, choice words. And we'll maybe talk to you again soon. But I think I have to cut you off for now. Now, as some of you may have heard, over the past week, the Queen has passed away. Now, because I am not the biggest expert on the royal family, I have brought on someone who is Tracy Blazer. Um, Tracy, say hello and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, everyone. So my name is Tracy Blazer. I live currently in Los Angeles, California, but I was born and raised in London, England, and lived there until I was 21 years old. Okay, and have you had any interactions with the royal family? Well, thanks for asking, Ben. Actually, when I was, I believe, close to about nine years old, um, where I was living, there was a new train station or subway station that was opening in walking distance from the house. So I said to my mom, I said, you know, I want to go down and see, at the time, his name was Prince Charles. That is now King Charles, as we now know. And so I'm like, I want to go see King Charles or Prince Charles. So mom goes, okay, well, we got to get him some flowers. So I went and I picked some daffodils from my garden. And I walked over there and I actually met the now King Charles and gave him some flowers I was actually in the newspaper the next day, which was kind of fun. And so that is my uh, now new claim to fame that I have actually met the current King of England. Yeah, that, that's that's a really interesting story because not I, I would have to assume not many people outside of the royal family have those type of interactions right. with people like him. Yeah, I mean, you can see now that, you know, obviously there are people, you know, lining the streets and shaking hands with him. So he's he's pretty good with that. But no, it's it was a quite an amazing opportunity to have done that. 
Yeah, of course. And then on to kind of about the queen more. Um, you only ever hear about certain members of the royal family, but you don't hear a lot about not her kids, but the brothers of William and Harry. What is going on with the other three kids during this time? Right. So, so the queen had four children, um, Prince Charles, or now King Charles, um, Prince Andrew, who he's been in the news. I think people kind of have heard about him. He's had some drama. Yeah. And then Prince Edward and Princess Anne. But, you know, as I was listening to reports over the last week, I was feeling a little bit sorry for them because it's like their mom died too. And they are just as much a part of her life. But because they are not in line to the throne and they're not in that lineage, they're definitely not talked about as much um, unless like Prince in Prince Andrew's case, there's been some media drama around him, but generally speaking, they're not, although I did see last night on the news, I don't know if other people saw that they did for the first time in the last 10 days, I heard them mentioned because the four of them were surrounding uh, the queen's coffin in Scotland. So they did mention them for the one of the first times last night. Okay, that's that's good to hear that the, they're finally getting their name in the news and everything that goes with that. Exactly. Now, since King Charles is making the decisions, what major thing do you see in the future with someone new making the decisions instead of the queen, someone probably more outspoken as well? Well, obviously, the queen was in that position for 70 years. Um, she was pretty stuck in her ways. People said she was definitely a little more old-fashioned. I think King Charles is going to come out and want to put his stamp on things. I think he's going to modernize the monarchy. Um, And my assumption is he's also going to trim it down. And what I mean by that is I think he's going to change the lineage a little bit and maybe not have as many people with titles. Um, I know he's obviously given his son and uh, nieces, nephews, new titles, but he's definitely, I think, going to have a more modern approach. With the people he's given titles, as you said, does that mean anything new for them? Or are they still kind of going to do the same thing, just with different titles? So Prince, the Prince and Princess of Wales, which is now you know William and Kate, they're taking on their dad's old titles. That is going to come with additional responsibilities because as king, one of the things that he has to step away from is some of his causes that were a little more politically focused, such as um, climate change. And that was something he was very focused on when he was the Prince of Wales. But as the king, you you have to not be as, you have to be kind of center. You can't be focused on one side or another. So I think it's going to be important for for William and Kate to potentially take up some of those projects and causes that the prince was focused, the current king, when he was prince, was focused on. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. That that'll be important to see if they do or do not. And then I think my final question here today is: What effect has the queen passing had on the country, the world, and you, for that matter? Oh, well, I'll, I'll start with me, um, and then I'll go backwards a little bit. I think for me, okay. it's. It's all I've ever known, right? It's I've, all I've grown up with. I'm in my just over 50 years of life. It's all I've known. But it's also all my parents have known. My parents are in their 70s. Um, they were around for King George. 
Um, but generally speaking, they were little when the queen, you know, seven or eight years old when the queen took over. So for me, it's like, it's, it's, it's just weird. It's like, it's, it's a very weird feeling, you know, the, the, the national anthem has changed. I mean, imagine in America, if the national anthem changed something that you will live singing for your entire life, suddenly those words change overnight, literally overnight. And so I think that's the weirdest part for me. I haven't been at anything recently or yet where I've had to sing the new anthem, but I think the first time I have to do that, it's going to definitely feel awkward. I think. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I think for the country, it's going to bring the United Kingdom together. I think as everyone's probably seen in the press and on the media and on TV, there's lots of crowds. Um, it brings, you know, things like this, unfortunately, bring a country together. So I think from the country's end today, as an example, my parents um, went up to Buckingham Palace and delivered flowers. Um, and it was they just said it was quite an emotional and quite a memorable experience to be with people during this time of grief. And I think for the world, it's she did have an impact in the world. Her poise, her demeanor, her kindness, her sovereignty and the way she handled herself as a world leader, I think is going to have an impact on the world as a whole. And I think a lot of people are going to be looking at King Charles and just kind of see how he is able to take that on. Okay. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. It will for sure be interesting to see how he is able to take that on and with his new responsibilities. Thank you for coming on the podcast and taking the time today. I, and I assume the listeners really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me. Of course. And that is going to do it for this episode of The Buzz with Ben. I hope you enjoyed Ben coming on the podcast. Not me, the other Ben. That may be confusing in the future. But Ben coming on the podcast to talk about NFL, my mom's great insight on Tom Brady, and Tracy's amazing insight on the royal family. Until next time, as the saying goes, it is nice to be important, but it is more important to be nice. Thank you all for listening. Bye.